When I talk about the idea of exile as an unceasing song, I'm, I'm saying that being in exile, like a song that lingers, it can haunt you with its melancholy, with its, with its, dare I say, its sense of longing to belong somewhere, to be somewhere else. It carries you through. But also, it's an, when I say it's an unceasing song, I'm also talking about the fact that in an age where we are always moving, we engage and encounter people all over the world through connected technologies at every moment. We're moving. And when we move in these spaces, be they digital or, or physical, we carry with us a sense of a structure, an apparatus that defines and creates home. And that is something that gives us agency. I don't believe that the diasporic context is in any sense alien to anyone anymore. We are all diasporic to a degree. We just have to understand the contours of what that enables us to see, especially in the realm of visual culture. That was Dr. Omar Khalaif, Director of Collections and Senior Curator at Sharjah Art Foundation our guest on today's episode, talking about how the loss of hope stays with us like a song that never ends. The music you heard in the background was from artist Bani Abidi's work, Memorial to Lost Words, expressing the haunting memory of a homeland left behind. I'm your host, Horal Kasimi, artist, curator, director, and president of Sharjah Art Foundation, and you're listening to our podcast, Speaking of Art. Today, we're going to be exploring some of the key ideas behind our recent exhibition, In the Heart of Another Country, the largest presentation of works from the Sharjah Art Foundation collection to date. We'll hear from Dr. Omar Khalaif about what it means to put artworks from multiple diasporas into conversation with each other. More broadly, how they might speak to the notion of home, of longing and belonging. We'll also be hearing from artists Anwar Khalifi and Haiz Kahraman. Omar, I want to stay on the subject of us always moving, whether it be virtually or physically. I want to ask you how the movement of the show from Dijkterhallen, Hamburg last winter to Sharjah Art Foundation this summer parallels the life and work of the artists on view. Many of them journeyed as migrants, refugees and exiles. Can we see the arrival of this exhibition in Sharjah as a kind of homecoming for their work? First of all, thank you so much for having me uh, on your podcast. Uh, it's um, probably the most beautiful thing is the idea of homecoming for me, which is what does it mean to look at art on its own terms in a space where you don't have to continually over-contextualize or over-emphasize details that the artists themselves wouldn't be interested in looking at. So, for example, being able to engage with the form and the content 
assuming it's implicit. So in a sense, yes, it is a kind of homecoming, which is very much tied to the concept of the show, which is how do we bring this exhibition? How do we exist within the heart of different countries, in the heart of different spaces? In Sharjah, it's the work breathes in a different way, I have to say. It's responding to the contours of the architecture of the space, but it's also dialoguing with people in a, in, in a sense relating to their memories of, of these works because the people are actually familiar with the work. They've seen them in previous Sharjah biennials or in exhibitions, and they are surprised by the juxtapositions. And that's the gift of working with collections, really, is that when I pass from this earth one day, a collection is public, it's there for the people, and another person will come and tell a wholly different story. And that's, for me, I suppose, the beauty of these objects as they act as kind of vessels for experiences of artists, of humans, of people over great expanses of time. So it's, it's nice that we continue these relationships and many of these artists, it's not like they're just objects, they're like, they're living friends, they're people that become families to us. They become ambassadors for Sharjah because they meet people and they're inspired in Sharjah and they, and it, it's amazing who know, people who know about this place from artists. So it's for me a very evocative thing to return always to those. It's nice because this is, that Haif Kaharman's on the podcast because you know that the first time she ever exhibited, ever as an artist, was Sharjah Biennial, the one, is it 2003 or 2005? I can't remember. You told five, me. Five, five. I spoke to her. She said, yes, that was my first formal introduction into like the global art arena. And I like this idea that we return because we acquired the, her works quite recently, like two years ago. Yes, you're right. Let's hear what Hyde has to say about the idea of homecoming and showing in Sharjah. Showing in Sharjah for me is a sort of homecoming. Even though I think the word home is, is loaded and can mean many things, you know, I still feel this affinity with Sharjah, you know, being a place in the Arab world and having, having this aura of multiplicities. And I think the audience here have a different relationship to my work, or rather, you know, can access the work in ways that an audience in the West can't. Being here in Sharjah is almost like speaking to my younger self and my older self and maybe my ancestral self. Enjoying this episode? Why not listen to our sister series, Biennial Bites, where we hear from some of the most prominent artists practicing today. For more information on all exhibitions and events at Charge Art Foundation, please visit our website or follow us on Instagram at Sharjah Art. You're listening to Speaking of Art. For the longest time, we've seen art from former empires and decolonized territories compared, with the latter often being described as derivative. But in this exhibition, you focused instead on multi-generational alliances within post-colonial diasporas. You have artworks from different generations and geographies speaking to each other in a way we might not have seen before. Can you talk to us about some of these South-South, East-East alliances, to use your term, at play here? I think, you know, when, when 
I first began to look at the Sarge Art Foundation collection. It was May 2017 when you uh, invited me to be a co-curator of the Biennial. And I always, I'm obsessed with archives and the sediments, the stories in the sand, basically. I wanted to see what was there. And I started to think of this idea of, well, what does it mean to speak from within? So the idea of the East, East, South, South Alliance kind of emerged at that particular moment is to think of all these movements such as the non-aligned movement and others that have been talked about and discussed quite quite uh, a great deal in relation to the ethnic global majority. And that's the thing is that we are the majority. Asia and Africa are the two largest continents on earth with the biggest populations. Yet, why do we speak from a position of lack? So what I tried to do was by showing different generations interlocking, you kind of have uh, a continuity, right? You have a way of thinking through, well, I can see the, the passage of influence from Hassan Sharif to a younger artist or to a peer such as Muhammad Kazim or Ahmad, Muhammad Ibrahim. So this, these connections are implicitly there in the works themselves. You don't have to over-explain them. But what's also incredible is that you go and think about Sharjah as a context. You often remind me that, you know, you can hear Malay, Urdu, Arabic, English, Tagalog, multiple languages in a one given store, right? So the notion of what we are is already implicitly polyphonous. We're already speaking in these polyglot tongues. So specifically, I want to talk about Bani Abidi's memorial to, memorial to lost words. It's an eight-channel sound installation that has these voices, these songs that are predominantly in Urdu, that are by sung or sung by contemporary singers, resonating with texts by authors of soldiers who had died in the First World War, because history allied so much, and it's not commonly known, as Bani Abidi um, um, mentioned in an interview that she uh, gave at the Edinburgh International Festival in 2016, that, that there were a million Indian soldiers who were involved in the First World War. And actually, although Bani is Pakistani, I, re I remember, oh, this is before partition. So this is, we're summoning the voices of, a, of, a, of an era that is completely where the world, the contours, the textures, and the borders of the world have been redefined. And in this space are these slabs of marble that look like letters, but they're also gravestones. And it's just the pulsing of the light from the outside with the sound and these pieces of marble, like you literally feel like you're transcending something in yourself. And like one might say that they might not know the words to an Arabic song, I don't know the words that are being sung here, but I can completely understand everything that's being articulated because it's about feelings. When we speak about so-called regions or diasporas, they are very broad. So when you have the photographs of Lionel Went here, they make absolute sense because that's a part of our ecology and our sphere of movement of ideas. And so really it's a, it began as a way to expand our view of what global art history is, taking overlooked figures who should not have been overlooked and positioning them 
on their own terms. And that's why I say diaspora is not a bad word. It's something that can be reclaimed. It can be a seat of power. Omar, as you've just mentioned, you've been working with our collection for years now. For this presentation, you decided to paint the exhibition space in various gradients of blue, creating a kind of sensorial effect. What was your thought process behind using this color and how did it work with the ideas in the collection? Well, I often know that you are critical of my use of uh, too much exhibition colors and, and things in spaces. You always tell me the work must speak for itself. And I totally agree with you on, on that front. You know, you're a painter and people might not know that I'm also a secret painter, Sunday painter, maybe you'd call me. But when the show came home, I kept on trying to think about, well, what does it mean to think of this homecoming, right? And I was at the time obsessed with the color blue because I was painting paintings only in blue. And I was reading books about blue, including um, a book by the author who wrote the original In the Heart of the Heart of Another Country, William Gass, who uh, actually, Ital Adnan, who inspired the title of her memoir, was actually, it was a rewrite of, in her own experience of this William, um, this author's book. So I was reading all his books as well to see where her inspiration came from. And he had a, a, a book about blue as this kind of uh, constant contradiction. It's the rarest color in nature. But also when we think of color, it's one of the first things that we as humans engage with sensorially with the world. And when I think of Sharjah, especially our spaces and their proximity to the sea, you think the sea and the sky are blue, right? But bottle up the sea, bottle up the sky, and it's clear, it's an illusion. So I thought, actually, the diaspora, the concept of the diaspora, when brought home to Sharjah as such a diverse, situated context, is in and of itself an illusion. Because we, it, it, here it does not operate in the same way that it does in the, in the context of a Western institution in Western Europe. So the gradients of blue, which are not only in the wall colors, they're also in... Uh, in curtains, in paintings, they serve as a way to constantly remind us of this illusion that we can choose to claim the position from which we are perceived and also to question what has been imprinted upon us in terms of history. And I wanted to say, we are all the subjects of mythology, but we have the right to claim how that is expressed. So what you're saying about the emotional charge of the show uh, reminds me of Sarah Ahmed's note about objects of emotion and her book, The Cultural Politics of Emotion. She says, what moves us, makes us feel, is also that which holds us in place or gives us a dwelling place, connects us to other bodies. Can you talk to us a bit about this privileging of effects? I mean, I would say that for me, every exhibition is an act of storytelling. We sometimes pretend that, you know, curators don't exist, that artists don't exist, that we are looking at things from a purely institutional context. But the object of art is there to create feelings in us, to expand something, to move something within the human. And when I think about Sarah Ahmed, but also others such as Griselda Pollock and this idea of affect theory in the broader sense, I always return to the idea of it's all about the specific ocular perspective of a given individual in a given moment in time. So with Ital Adnan, 
or Simone Fatal when you're looking at iconographies of memory and place, but when they're aestheticized and materialized in stone, in fabric, what does that mean? What does that do to us? The fabric of a tapestry might elicit a blanket, something that clothes us, that brings us warmth, and that might be suturing and healing. So I really try and think about how different textures in an exhibition can help us feel really good in a space, in that it can be spaces where we unearth and shed traumas, but also heal as people. It's actually lovely to hear you speak about Etel Adnan and Simone Fatal. This show has so many different artists from different diasporas inhabiting the same space. Let's hear from artist Anwar Khalifi and what he has to say about the notion of diaspora. Diaspora sounds like really like a long distance, <laughs> really distance, like you are in another planet or something like that. We are all immigrants in a way. It's like uh, the, the word for the, 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 the specific meaning of in Arab for freedom is the liberty of movement. So and, uh, I think it's something that uh, we all trying to to have freedom, to be to feel free at, at some point. And so this type of works, immigration, um, diaspora, they are they not an, uh, they, I think that it is part of the to be interpolated, don't feel free. Words can be tricky. Uh, that's why I think I use painting as a medium. I think it's more easy for me as a poetry than words. Um, I hope I had that uh, ability that some poets have with their own words and can explain that uh, invisible things that words cannot even... But yeah, the diaspora sounds really distant. It's so interesting to hear the different takes on the word diaspora. It's many connotations and associations, not all of them good, and how this has been explored by artists through the ages. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think it means to be thinking about these concepts of diaspora, mobility, nostalgia, and hybridity in the current moment? Why is this important to think about now? Well, I would say that we're interrogating the notion of universal globally. and we can never truly encompass the universe. We speak from a culturally situated position. And I think what we're doing increasingly is thinking about how our own mobility and how our own journeys tell a very specific story of a place. And that, that can inspire other stories, other artists, other thinkers to engage with us on a common ground. And that's what we really want to do is to speak from and to a common ground. And in a sense, it's, it's not about, it's about the politics of emotion. You know, we, we, really, we really need to think that through the lens of the individual human, we can actually re- become a collective. If we flatten the individual, their specificity, then the collective doesn't have a purpose, a cause, a, a drive. So it's really about trying to understand those, those qualities and features. And, and also in terms of, the word nostalgia, which is used, I'm reminded of Joanna Hajatom and Khalid free um, works. And I'm so excited that we got to bring the rocket, you know, back. This incredible work that is just elicits so many memories for me. And my first visit to Sharjah, actually, it was installed. And who would know that it would become my home in so many ways, right? And that's another part of it, right? I also, this is my home. I, and I grew up in 
the GCC partly part of my life and then Sharjah just became this enrapturing home because it had all of these it was this meeting point for all these incredible artists and Joanna Hajjatom and Khalid Juraj would always say to me Omar when we talk about our art please don't mention the word nostalgia and I'd say why because this makes me nostalgic what's wrong with the word nostalgia and I think there's this assumption that nostalgia means something bad because it assumes a kind of melancholy but I think melancholy is really beautiful because we should all, we should be sad we should grieve the events that have happened and say to ourselves okay lovely <laughs> you know life is complicated but if we don't mark our history and feel it then how do we imagine a possible future Well, on that subject, let's listen to a clip from Joanna and Khalil's work. Toute une gamme de genres et de styles neufs fait de Beirut une ville de surprise. Place des Martyrs, almost an international crossroad. Life can be fun in the modern, and life can be fun in the traditional term too. Patrick. Allah Mark. Omar, we began this episode with a song that evoked various ideas laid out in the show, but you've also spoken about how certain poems were central to your thinking here. One of them, I believe, is called Passing by Michelle Cliff. Could you please read us an excerpt? To this day, camouflage terrorizes me. The pattern of skin which makes a being invisible against its habitat. And yes, this camouflage exists for its protection. I am not what I seem to be. Passing demands a desire to become invisible. A ghost lie. An ignorance of connections. Such words conspire to make a past. Such words conjure knowledge. Such words make assimilation impossible. They stay with you for years. They puzzle, but you sense a significance. I need these words. Passing demands quiet, and from that quiet, silence. Passing demands you keep that knowledge to yourself. This symbolic skin was carried to the United States where passing was easy. We are not exotic or aromatic, or poignant. We are not aberrations, we are ordinary. All this has happened before. Omar, thank you so much for joining us on Speaking of Art. The many lives of In the Heart of Another Country continue. The official exhibition catalog and a special student zine will be available at our annual art book fair focal point this month. You can pick up the official exhibition catalog at the Sharjah Art Foundation shop. 